0: I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. God is
1: dead! He is I know
0: what it feels like to be God. 85% of the teenagers in the high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants
1: me to live an abundant human the life. The blackest devil is born. The devil is directly I'm out of the bottomless bottom pit. The demons of death and hell out of the bottomless pit. <laughs> <laughs> Satan's pretty cool. Hello, dear fakers, and welcome to Fake Ritual, a fool's guide to pop culture and the occult. I am your host, Lucas Sloppy, and with me today is my friend. He's an artist and a horticulturalist, believe it or not. It's Michael Birch. Hello, Michael. Hey, Lucas. How's it going? It's going good. Uh, well, before we get to today's pseudo topic, I guess, uh, tell me a little bit about the pop culture you've been consuming lately. So, um, I am
0: just like an avid consumer of media. Good. In general. Good for the show. Uh, I watch TV movies constantly, all day, every day, um, because I'm a big bum. But the most recent thing I just finished watching is a show on Netflix called Boo Bitch. Okay. Which uh, stars uh, Lena Condor, who you may or may not know from other Netflix hit shows like um, To All the Boys I Ever Loved. Okay. um, Which is uh, pretty... Kind of cringy uh, high school romance. Okay, yeah, uh, like,
1: telenovela. It's maybe it's
0: a little bit. Um, actually, it's like a movie, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but there's like three of them. Yeah, um, they're all they're all the same now. All the same. Uh, but Boo bitch is a show uh, which what you will learn from the trailers pretty quickly is that um, the girl dies and then but is still alive and present in the world and is kind of dealing with that. The show is uh, not great. Okay. But it's pretty fun, and I found it pretty interesting. Likeable characters, actors, whatever. Okay. But the effects are some of the worst you've ever seen.
1: Um, it's like Netflix is almost the new CW. It really you know, is or for WP a lot of stuff, whatever. yeah.
0: Um, but, you know, there's some fun stuff in there. Um, you know, meeting the uh, weirdo goth, you know, uh, kids from the school to get answers for what's going on in in the afterlife and stuff. Uh, I don't know who I would ever suggest the show to, uh, because (laughs) if you don't like it, I totally understand. Uh, But if you like kind of cute high school drama, low stakes for the most part, kind of silly stuff, which I do. Like I'll watch every rom com that's ever been yeah. made. Yeah. You know, like that's that's kinda like one of my
1: subgenres of different pop culture stuff that I like just have to check out. Yeah. Not everything has to be good or cool. Yeah. In the order we get, yeah. It's so freeing yeah. to be like, you know what, I'm gonna watch And this. I will yeah.
0: I'll definitely say over the last like couple of years, um my tolerance for really digging into serious kind of dark TV movies is down a little bit. I need breaks um, because I love that stuff. I love getting really sad when I'm Mm -hmm. watching movies and TV, but it's like the world and life are not fun a lot of times. Yeah. So you need to break because you kind of are, I think, a little bit. You reflect what you
1: consume to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah. So, especially if you're hanging with friends and all you can talk about is like that real fucked up movie <laughs> yeah. that had a bunch of fucked up stuff. Yeah, and they're like, uh, and then we- it reminds
0: you of like some news story you heard <laughs> yeah, recently. Great. And Here then we we're go. like, just like
1: instead, like spiraling. no, this girl is a teenager, but she's also a ghost. Yeah, but she has a crush on whatever. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, that's nice. I remember better times. Yeah. Well, on to the, I guess, I don't know whether to call it a topic uh, or what, but this is the first time I'm actually doing it and naming it. It is called Fake Talk. uh, And in the past, I kind of retroactively named the episodes I did called Fake Talk. And basically what it is is I gave the guests uh, a questionnaire to fill out just about pop culture and the occult. And then from that, we just kind of build an episode, and it's it's more of a loose, you know, no topic, just kind of seeing how we feel about pop culture and the occult, and uh, it's just kind of requires less prep and is just way more casual and fun, and, you know, who knows what secrets are in store <laughs> for, you know, the guest and me and you listening at home. So to just kind of start it off, uh, Michael Birch pop culture and the occult you know what do those two things mean to you because here at fake ritual we kind of have our own big umbrella idea of what yeah, those things definitely. mean.
0: definitely i hear you um for me pop culture is really like um the kind of interest and habits and uh all those things that you would you know describe as culture what comprises a certain culture, um, but what is kind of most accessible to the most amount of people. Yes. Mass that's what appeal. makes it pop. Yeah. You know? And, you know, one of the things I think that's really changed as of recently is it's less singular than it was maybe 30 years ago when we were kind of growing starting to grow up. Um, that's when it really started to change with the internet, things like that, where, you know, you can have a hundred million people into one kind of subgenre of mm-hmm. pop culture and a hundred million people. Into who teen are, supernatural fiction. Yeah. And then into something else. But the great thing about um, the Internet also is just like the accessibility to media and stuff like that. So there's just, I think, more crossover, too, than maybe there used to be. Oh, yeah. So you have people who are like into sports, but also like super goth or into stranger things, but
1: also follow the, you know, Pittsburgh pirates. Yeah,
0: It's just, there's so many things you could possibly pull from to kind of create
1: your own unique, uh, amalgamation of pop culture and stuff like that. And now with the occult, you know, similarly, what does that mean to you? Um, you know, it's like one of those things that I probably have never really like looked up
0: a definition of Mm -hmm. what, you know, how this is defined. But to me, it's really um, kind of this uh, mishmash or whatever you want to call it of um, mysticism and um, kind of the supernatural, but coming at it from, I don't want to say like a dark angle, but maybe I do. But
1: yeah, there is an inherent mystery, yeah, because from what I have read at least of a textbook definition of occultism, it I think occult is even derived from some word that means hidden, Mm -hmm. so it basically is what neither religion nor science can explain. It's kind of this, yeah, and there's always a mystery to it, hence why it is always thrown into horror stuff because. It just naturally has a wild, unknown nature to it that makes, you know, yeah. Joe Schmo on the street a little like.
0: Yeah. And I like thinking about, you know, because I said it was dark, but like dark, not evil. It's like dark yes. as in unseen. Yes. So again, exactly a nice, just mysterious. Um Usually has something to do with rituals, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um you know.
1: Well, uh, this is a good good spot to take a break, but when we come back, we will be talking with Michael Birch more about like fake stuff. I actually didn't think of that transition before I said it, but good enough for me.
0: We have to figure out what's going on with these. These kids know all about the occult. I bet they have answers. Ghosts are ghosts because
1: they always have unfinished business in their mortal life.
0: Till I figure out my unfinished business, I'm gonna get down to business. You're making the most of the little bit of life you have left. <laughs> At least I can't get pregnant. <gasps> oh,
1: wait. oh wait, can I? Can I? Or ghost babies? A thing. All right, and we are back with Michael Birch, fake talking it up. So Michael, uh, with pop culture. Uh, You said you're an avid consumer of it. For have sure. you always been? And, you know, kind of what's that story?
0: Yeah, I think um, for most of my life, I, I have been. I think, uh, you know, growing up really into cartoons, big time, that was kind of one of my really kind of things I was super into. I read books. I, you know, kind of was into comics a little bit, video games a little bit, but mostly I love cartoons. Um, I think in, I have no idea when Cartoon Network really came to
1: prominence on, Mm -hmm. you know, cable television, like regular, just like network TV. Probably about the same time as like maybe Nickelodeon, when Nicktoons started to come around, maybe early 90s. Yeah, probably early 90s. But I remember just being like about
0: 12 or 13 and getting into Toonami Mm-hmm. Um, like things like Gundam Wing, um, even just like I remember being home in the summer and like that's when I started like staying up later and I would watch like the real adventures of Johnny Quest.
1: Oh, yeah. Or yeah. like
0: they would always play like Dexter's Lab and Ed, Ed and Eddie mm-hmm. and Johnny Quest
1: like late at night. Maybe catch a space ghost coast yeah. to
0: coast. And I think that's kind of when you know, I think I started watching cartoons that were like Aging with me to some extent. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and I think that kind of like started to be like one of my things that I was I kind of helped uh define myself by. Where like I was really into SpongeBob for those first couple of mm-hmm. seasons. Yeah. And I was like 13, yeah. 14 when that started. Yeah. I loved it. My friends mostly didn't, because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. they were kind of moving on to I don't know what was on at the time, Survivor or something. Yeah. Which yeah. I do kind of remember watching it when it first <laughs> came out. But, you know, I think that's when I uh, I really kind of took that as, like, I love the visuals of cartoons the language and stuff like that. Um, and know. definitely now there's, like, the whole spectrum. Yeah. There's stuff for kids, teenagers. Like, if you think about, like, Adventure Time yes. and Steven Universe – those shows are not for little kids. I mean, they can be enjoyed by adults too. Mm-hmm. Very kind of some tough stuff in there sometimes, like yeah. emotionally mm-hmm. complicated. Yeah. Um, but they're also like, I think, really kind of aimed at you know young teens because it's all about emotional development. Yeah, and like finding yourself. And yeah. And but then we also get you know, uh, love. Death and Robots on Netflix, which is
1: definitely not for like little kids. Yes, Uh, I've watched only that. It's like the last one of the third season, the most popular one with the woman that is like made of gold. I haven't seen that one, but I've seen the clips. Yeah, she's kind of a siren. She like brings these warriors to her, and they all drown. And it's this weird, this new thing that's happening where the 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 CG is like so refined and like. Uh, you know, it looks realistic except for just some of the like facial animations, but it's almost as if they're embracing that they want to give you the uncanny Valley, not by accident, but like, no, this looks real until we have his mouth move this way. And now you're like, am I,
0: is this a nightmare? Am I I
1: in this weird in-between?
0: Yeah. I definitely think, you know, in general, people have kind of figured out a little bit more how to use CG and 2D animation together or just kind of we've gotten far enough that we can make something, we can render something that looks like very realistic. And now that we have decided that we can pretty much do that, now we can take steps back in certain areas and use things a little more stylistically and creatively and not just trying to like make something look real. And then it kind of does not Yeah. And then it kind of ruins it. I want something that's using the different medias that exist to, you know, tell that story in the mm-hmm. most interesting, most dramatic or just like impactful way they can just set the vibes at the mood. Um, that's what I, I just love. Anything that's like from the first second of it, there's just a mood set
1: yeah come sort of comes back to cartoons in general and that whether it's through comics or through animation you can show stuff that is absolutely impossible is only existed in someone's mind up to that point and you can show an audience it and now they're seeing this idea that you know before then was just words on paper or something yeah just a thought in the ether you know well, yeah. Well, furthermore, speaking of just kind of uh, you're talking a little bit about characters and, you know, uh, how animation can reflect those. And, uh, you know, are there any particular characters, I guess, more so in cartoons and animation that you found yourself identifying with throughout your life or maybe there's been different phases? Of I thought? think,
0: yeah, that, I think that's a really good and tough question. Um, it's the kind of thing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of thing that if, um, I didn't already kind of know this question was coming, mm-hmm. it would, I would sit here on mic for 10 minutes. Perfect. That you've just, uh, you've just
1: validated my questionnaire.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but just, you know, it was good to just have that kind of thought in my head, tumbling mm-hmm. around for a little while. Cause it's like, well, I could think of some stuff that this week I've thought of, Yeah. you know, but when I really kind of contemplate, through my life, you know, what are like the most, the characters I've really kind of um, stuck with the most. Yeah. Another way I just thought of putting it is like, who would you get tattooed on you? Yeah. Um, For me, definitely as a a young kid, um, I was always into really the saddest characters on every show. Um, And I think it's just, That's part of my vibe, Mm -hmm. um, to some extent. Uh, I think if my parents were a little bit more perceptive, uh, they might have, you know, took me to a therapist when I was younger or something. But always just, like, the kind of sad, sort of depressing characters. Like, um, as far as Muppets are concerned, Mm -hmm. you got Grover.
1: uh, You got Gonzo. Yeah, um, these kind of outsider... You know, can't quite yeah. get what they want. Grover can't fly. Grover's Grover. just always kind
0: of bummed out a little bit. He's trying. Yeah. Gonzo, too, is like, he's like crazy and like high energy sometimes. But it's like he's, he never really wins. Yeah. And he's
1: always kind of like. Barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. yeah he dates so, a chicken. Yeah. Because you know, it seems to be the only <laughs> yeah. only creature True, on the Not earth, making
0: definitely. a lot of good connections with other people. Um, other than that, like Eeyore, Eeyore, from Winnie the Pooh, yes, just he's got a vibe, and
1: I always loses just kinda, his tail, doesn't care, yeah, you know,
0: whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that is really kind of where I feel kind of
1: at home. I would say to some extent. Yeah, I also too. I asked that question because you know we're going to be talking about the occult in depth a little more later, but just from my, you know personal cosmology or you know my a mythology if you will i think that pop culture sometimes you know has replaced religions of old Mm -hmm. so that is very natural for us to have characters that we identify with and even like you're saying as a kid you know your parents didn't notice your melancholy and maybe they had done something about it but i do think that you know sometimes it can be unhealthy but i do think it can be good to have these characters. Well, that, I think so for that sure. That you bounce ideas off of that kind of show you that it's okay that you know these sort of people can still have friends. You know, Gonzo yeah. has friends, Grover yeah. has friends, Eeyore has friends despite yeah. their best efforts to self-sabotage. Yeah. They still are loved. I think it's
0: totally necessary to have a gamut of characters and we're I mean just as far as just the way people look. Yeah, is oh, definitely yeah. getting
1: more varied as time goes on yeah we uh, as dude like white men yes. don't really have it's kind of a foreign idea the that oh you haven't seen yourself in yeah. media i have seen myself like again and again and again you uh, know constantly but it, it's like oh yeah there does have to be yeah. these other types of people yeah that gonna, and that's not just
0: you know where they're from how they look But how they act. That, too. It's got to follow the whole way.
1: we got to see all sorts of stuff because... No pandering. That's just like, here, we gave you a gay
0: character. Done. It's like... yeah. "Mm." But, you know, because emotions are complex and human beings are complex. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we do a good job um, teaching kids, uh, kids, young adults, adults about how to deal with emotions and complex thoughts and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that
1: there is no normal. Yeah. That everyone is. Yeah. Like the best characters or at least the best groups of characters, something like the Muppets, uh, for instance, just have within them, every character has a good and a bad. Yes. You know, Miss Piggy is quick to anger, but she's loyal and, you know, fight sticks up for people. And Kermit is... Very uh, friendly and you know kind, but can get you know pushed over. I was gonna say push over. Yeah, sure. and yeah. The, uh, the best groups of characters, the best ensembles, kind of reflect. It's like you're you're every you're all of them. Like you're yeah. saying, it's hard yeah. to pick a character sometimes. It's like sometimes I'm Kermit. Yeah. Sometimes I'm Miss Piggy. Uh, you know. For sure. Always. So, I'm always Fozzie. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sometimes I'm Johnny Bravo. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's just certain
0: days you wake up and you feel good.
1: Yeah. And, and I you think you look in can... the
0: mirror and you're like, hey, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like sometimes like, uh, I don't know if you be talking to her like that. <laughs> Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Johnny Bravo is not
0: probably a, well, maybe he is actually a, almost a, a good character for um, younger people on television because he does bad things or things that are, um, you know, not thoughtful. He's yeah. rude and he pays the price. For yes. That. Yeah. He's never rewarded for being
1: a jerk. Truly.
0: Um, so I, I think it's good.
1: Uh, yeah, as long as, but that's sometimes where it's like we need media literacy. Yes. Even at a basic level, because yeah. there's so many, how many people out there have seen the movie Scarface and are like, I want to be Scarface? Yeah. And it's like, that's not the message of the film. Yeah. Tony Soprano, not someone you want to model your life after. Yeah,
0: for sure. My yeah. go to is always Fight Club.
1: Yeah, no, no, uh, no. Because no.
0: people are like, you know, Brad I'm, Pitt. I'm Tyler yeah.
1: Durden. Yeah. Dolby.
0: That's what a man looks like, you know? Yeah. But it's like the entire point of the movie is that
1: he's kind of a piece of shit. Yes. He's self-destructive yeah. because of his hyper-masculinity, yeah. which is what you're doing on both fronts. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, uh, you know, before we get a little too woo-woo and, you know, philosophical in our character studies, let's take a break here. And then we'll be back with Michael Birch to talk... Occultism! Thank you! Thank you! (laughs) And now, students of the occult, I shall demonstrate my amazing powers of hypnosis. I shall place a member of the audience in a trance. Aided only by the mysterious strength of hypnotic suggestion, my subject will support with only one hand this 5,000 pound weight, who will be the first lucky volunteer. (laughs) Well, it's just a question of mind over matter. That's right. You don't mind
0: and we don't matter.
1: And we're back with Michael Birch talking about pop culture and the occult. And it is now time to talk about that uh, elusive thing called the occult. And I guess we should start where most people do, uh, at least in America, is with religion. Mm Because, you know, I feel like not many people are privileged enough to have their first uh, insight into anything supernatural or otherworldly like be, you know, cool pagan parents or something, but it's usually some form of Christianity. Uh, So yeah, tell us a little bit about like how you grew up and maybe when you, you, your introduction to, you know, kind of this far, far out concepts that you might find in the occult. For sure. Um, I uh,
0: was raised Catholic. I went to a Catholic school from kindergarten through seventh grade. So okay. eighth grade, I went to public school um, and this was a, a school run by nuns and we had a priest who would come give us religion class, I think once a week. But I mean, there was other religious kind of things mm-hmm. going on the whole time. Um, so that's kind of where I started. I remember, I mean, I used to go to church every week for a long time. I remember one Year for Lent, I went to church every weekday Ooh. with my mom at seven o'clock in the
1: morning oh, before school. Damn. Um only the Mormons do stuff yeah, like
0: that. It was wild. It was kind of cool because like there's about five people there. Yeah. You know? So it was like a, it felt a little more laid back. It was okay. quicker. Sermons were short, you know, it wasn't this big
1: peace be with you, peace yeah, be with you, peace be with you, peace big be thing with you. going
0: on like the Sunday service. Um, but I was like generally pretty into it for a while. Um, and then, uh, like probably getting into like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, definitely by seventh grade. I was kind of checked out, but
1: were you confirmed? I did get confirmed. Yeah, that's that like was like 10, 11. Oh, no, I was probably like 13, 13. Okay. Yeah. You're right. That old, but like, yeah, I was kind of how they try to lock in the, like, I'm pretty sure I was
0: like out of. Catholic school when okay. I got confirmed, and that it was one of those things where I made a deal with my mom, mm-hmm. which was basically mm-hmm. like, if you get confirmed, then it's your decision whether you want to go to church okay. or not. You can make your own choices, but I want you to get confirmed. And I said, okay, fine. Yeah. So I got confirmed, and I basically never went to church again. Yeah. Except for some holiday stuff uh-huh. with family, just to kind of be nice. Yeah. Um, but I remember being in like. You know the middle schoolish age, like sixth grade or so, and that's when I really started to kind of check out um, from organized religion in general. I just didn't. I remember having this one day in religion class where we were talking about um, Rauch Yahweh. I think is the Hebrew for the breath of God. Okay. Yes. Which is what gives people souls yes that's what distinguishes us from animals okay and probably like i don't know at the time that this stuff was written um i'm sure entire classes of human beings yes you know? yes uh, yes but we were having a discussion about it and it's priest father carl who i didn't like he always smelled like cigarettes oh. and he would walk around with his like hands tucked into his uh, waistband and stuff yeah. just a gross kind of yeah guy. yeah um shout out father carl
1: uh, hey when you don't have to get married you just let you like ultimate bachelor yeah just like um to say nothing of like
0: the yeah severe
1: crimes as far as none
0: of that going yeah. on but still lots of just i didn't like him but we were having this class we were talking about breath of god and how humans have souls and animals don't and a girl in my class was like, so you're telling me that my dog doesn't have a soul. I was like, no. I had a so similar
1: Sunday school class. that My dog's not going, going to heaven.
0: And he's like, no, she's crying. And to me, I just remember um, thinking like, you can just, even if you don't think that, you could just tell her. Yeah. Just like, mean. Just like, why you got to be like that? And he was like, so brutal about it. And I was just like, I don't like this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like mm-hmm. telling people. Their dog's not going to heaven, just kind of telling people to do anything. Yeah. To do things yeah. how they should be. I didn't love it. And that was kind of like the beginning of the end for me, I think, is just kind of me looking around and seeing like hierarchies of power and control, which I could not describe or define at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. But there was an itch in my mind.
1: Yeah. It's that top down. Like, yeah. As I'm always saying, they, in the same breath, will tell you that God is unknowable, but they're certain of what he does and doesn't want, yes. which I'm like, you can't have both. Because even you saying something like the breath of God, and this being more in a cult podcast, uh, I like that idea. I love like, it. That's a cool, <laughs> whoa, yeah, like this creator uh, spirit or being is like giving us consciousness, giving us whatever it is that makes us these animals versus these other animals and i like it as maybe something that you don't you know hold firm to or say it's definitely this and that's something that i always you know started to get disappointed with in church is like kind of the the roteness of all the responses to any questions And also just this certainty that didn't allow for that wonder that I'm pretty sure, you know, the Bible even yes. asks you to have, you know, be as a child. Yeah. It says at one point, I think Jesus even says yeah. that. It's like, yeah, just be kind of like in awe of creation and do and, your best. That's, yeah,
0: the thing <laughs> that, you know, it's like, I don't know how it is for a lot of other religions. Yes, like my experience of them. Like, I much. know a
1: little bit here and there, but, but I'll never cast aspersions against yeah. anything except for for me personally, evangelical Christianity. Yeah, because you know, that's all I know. Yeah. So I don't know what like the day to day is like,
0: or what the vibe is really like. I just know some little facts about mm-hmm. what people believe in, but like the fact that you have this kind of like poetic way to talk about mm-hmm. something. These metaphors, nice metaphors. Yeah, beautiful that I love could be describing any kind of force of the universe. It's art It's it's to be interpreted. It could be describing gravity or something, or just even the... The fall from, you know, Satan falling to the
1: earth could be a way of describing gravity. What piece of
0: the human brain developed to really Mm -hmm. give rise to complex consciousness. Like, we can describe these really kind of big... Sort of abstract ideas in, like, poetic, interesting ways. Um, And I think that's cool. Yeah. And I think that's how a lot of this stuff starts. Yes. And then we use it as this, like, rule book for exactly how you should live your life. And then people hold everyone else to that standard and not themselves. And I think that stuff is just stupid. But in general, the things I like about religion – are the things that are like
1: kind of weird and spooky and out there. Yeah, the mystical. Realizing yeah. that all religions start as a mystical practice, meaning yes. individuals that are looking to have a firsthand experience with the divine, not to read about somebody's experience with it, but are trying through ritual and meditation and, you know, communion with their fellow like similar thinkers to just like have that ecstatic yeah like try to whoa.
0: describe the universe it's around indescribable that they yeah. just can't quite figure out how to um, I will say one thing that I do like about Catholicism which um, the crackers yeah the crackers they're so good <laughs> um, is for a lot of it uh, some people you know a lot of other sects of Christianity think Catholics are like too serious and mm-hmm. it's too doom and gloom And I kind of like some of that stuff. Like the church I grew up in, big, huge, giant buildings, sculptures. Every inch of the outside was stained glass. Mm, And it's mm -hmm. the stations of the cross. Yes. So it's just brutal. Uh Uh-huh. It's like saints and stuff getting, you know, spears stuck into them and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of, you know, that's like. Yeah. That's pretty hardcore. I like it. Yeah. We're like Catholicism is so into, like, the pain and, like, uh, you know, guilt of, you know, the world around us, and I just think it's, like, interesting from, like, a, you know, aesthetic standpoint. Uh,
1: Yeah. Well, now, translate something like that, you know, maybe that sort of mindset, how do you feel then in regards to maybe more, less religious things, but more, you know, supernatural or paranormal or... Just things that, you know, maybe Catholicism would have been like, and, you know, I feel like in my experience, Christianity would always be like, ghosts, demons, uh, yeah. psychics, demons, yeah. tarot, demons. Like it was just so kind of, like I said, rote and just like, okay, yeah, I know yeah. it's letting demons in, but then getting away from that, I can actually see it as like, oh no, witchcraft is nature worship. It ain't what they said it was, Yeah, but you end up still kind of having your opinions about it. So yeah. How do you feel about, you know, maybe less religious, but more, more woo woo.
0: Yeah. More woo woo. Uh, well, we'll say like when growing up, at least where I went to church, it kind of seemed like no one had a real literal kind of thinking of demons and stuff like that. It was all pretty like abstract, like, you know, maybe hell's real, but demons aren't, um, but I do like that a lot of media and stuff is kind of inspired by some of those, like, Catholic mm-hmm. ideas of old world, you know, bad stuff.
1: I mean, yeah, uh, we just, last episode I did with Andy Strago, we covered The Exorcist, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, like, the first thing that comes Great to Great flick. Mind. Thank remember, you, Catholicism.
0: I remember being, like, 13 years old and my mom uh, being like, you've never seen the Exorcist? I'm like... No, she's like, that's so scary, you should watch it. Yeah.
1: And I did. You'll definitely get confirmed yeah. and you won't leave the church. Uh
0: but yeah, for the most part, I have always been kind of like drawn to spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that kind of informed a lot of my interest growing up were uh I had best friend Tim lived a couple blocks away from me, his parents we're pretty much like you guys can rent any movie you want as long as it looks like stupid (laughs) or like slasher. Like we watched all the Friday the 13th movies, uh, every nightmare on Elm street. Like I love that stuff growing up. Um, as long as it was something like that, we could watch it. But if it was like a really adult kind of grown
1: up, more like a thriller or something that actually is like about (laughs) severe drama and atrocities. Can't watch that.
0: Um, so I was just really into that stuff. I totally was 100% convinced that, you know, basically everything was haunted. Every mm-hmm. like, There were just ghosts everywhere. Um, and then I would say a little bit later on, uh, I kind of started getting more of an interest in space and mm-hmm. science. Mm-hmm. And then, like, aliens were kind of like maybe my big spooky thing in the darkness mm-hmm. that I always thought was uh, – present and like people were just getting abducted all the time like um i remember watching fire in the sky mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. i was a young kid and the abduction scene in that like that has like a probing scene and stuff, yeah right? they're yeah. like he's like they like put a latex sheet like oh, over okay. him and then like cut that. a hole so you can breathe out <sighs> of it and it's like there's like those jelly and stuff it's so gross visceral um so i was like Yeah, that's kind of where I was in. Just anything that's like out there, I can't see it, it's lurking in like another dimension or just behind the veil. Um I just I loved being freaked out. And Mm -hmm. I was um I still am not a very brave person. So Mm -hmm, mm uh it was easy. Practice. Yeah. Um but I really like enjoyed thinking about that stuff and would like write stories about go, you know, ghost stories Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, where a lot of my interests kind of originate from Mm -hmm. is just being a spooked out little kid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now I think I like it more aesthetically. Okay. The vibe. Um, I like dark stuff. I like skulls and, um, uh, interested in, uh, witchcraft from like a purely aesthetical kind of thing. Um, I don't necessarily... Uh, prescribed to um, rituals having an effect on the universe around me in like a empirical in like an way, empirical
1: way like material way
0: yeah because um, I am very at this point um, I'm open to anything okay happening and being accepting that as truth but if we can't like demonstrate it through Testing, I pretty much don't necessarily believe it's like okay, a, a real yeah. thing, yeah. Um, but I think, um, on a personal level, things like ritual practice, um, all these things can have like a huge impact on your life, yes, thought processes, yeah. Um, just you know, you what you consume is. What you are. So if I spend time every day at a little altar trying to kind of center myself, kind of chill out, focus on my intentions, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that can very easily have an effect on how you live your life. Yeah. Um, And I think um, the occult is just a great vibe, you know? Yeah. so if you're gonna do if you're gonna meditate, if you're gonna have these things, uh you know, your talisman around your house that are gonna ground you and give you power because it's like things you like and relate to, I think they should be cool and I think they should be uh spooky yeah. and sci fi. Um so that's kind of where
1: I'm at currently. Yeah. That speaks to a lot of what fake ritual is doing here because yeah, I myself just described to being uncertain of everything, mm-hmm. open to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like kind of sometimes trying to, even you're saying like, Oh, this thing isn't real. And I spend a lot of time thinking like, what does real even mean? Yeah. You know, like yeah. the subjective sure. nature of reality. And yeah. that's just more like yeah. fun thought experiments. But what I want fake ritual to be is to more encourage, I guess what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but more occult thinking, yeah. like an occult ideas and that they are there. For however you want to use them, whether it means having a ritual practice or it just means kind of thinking outside the box and yeah. having fun thought experiments. And especially in an era and probably, I mean, the, probably our lifetime, we're just like Christian nationalism yes. in America is just like gaining more and more it's traction. It's coming back, baby. And it's like, that's when I think this stuff is so important to be I like, I think so, no, too. Occultism at the end of the day, for me, what it means is telling people, and especially magic, which is yeah. what you're kind of speaking to, is like intention, focus, and ritual, and all that. It's about giving power to individuals. Yeah. It says, hey, you do your little practice, you do your thing, that's for you, and then you got the power from it. Not, please, Mr. Sky God, yeah. may I pl- have this thing, may oh, I'm I, sorry yeah. I was bad. And I think it's important that we spread that for sure i totally agree. not make it a new religion but make it just
0: and i do think there are benefits to religious practice absolutely historically and for for many people it's there for community it's there for having order to your life having routine to your life um kind of tether you to something and i do think it is easy when you don't have things like that to hold on to. It's easy to just kind of go through life day to day. Every day is the same.
1: Or even a lot of people uh, I think that lose religion and I can speak to this as someone who struggled at least with some degree of substance abuse. You can turn to that. Yeah, like for the same sort of thing, but it holds just as many pitfalls yeah you know, and a, a lot of what you're saying, I do believe in the power of religion and just belief in general to help people in their lives. The problem that I have, and I'm sure you have is strictly with the authoritarian nature of the top handing down for sure the rules i if you're a Christian, love it. I just want you to be the one who's reading the book and you to be the one who says what it means to you. Don't let anybody say actually, you yeah. know God hates. This group of people, mm. I don't think that so no. he doesn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, and I wish there was just more of a of a decentralization of mainstream religion. For I, sure, I, I, I wouldn't think even have a problem with it at all. Yeah, I
0: totally agree. I think, um, you know, the Catholic Church is uh, terrible for just being a huge, like political. Power And they hoard wealth and power mm. and do all sorts of bad stuff. And then here in the United States, for sure, we have um, all sorts of other sects of Christian who wield tons of political power, oh, yeah. who spend tons of money donating to politicians and these things like that. And Making people's
1: lives harder.
0: Just yeah. trying to basically... Either they're trying to kind of impose their philosophy of the world upon me and everyone else, Mm -hmm. or they're using that as, like, kind of uh, fuel Mm -hmm. to get people fired up to support them in their
1: other political endeavors. Yeah, get someone to vote against their own interests just because they... Oh, he said he believes in God. One topic
0: that they... They have to. That is what
1: is unfortunate, the rallying nature of it and the just, like, belief is a tool, so it's, like, it can be used for as good as, you know, as well as harm. But fake ritual exists, so we're fighting the good fight. Fighting
0: the good fight. (laughs) Yeah, I think we should just, you know, everyone should spend more time thinking about the nature of reality Mm -hmm. and how they live their life and how they want to live their life because i do think that you know everyone has kind of a broken brain Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we need to help guide that brain and tune that brain into thinking in kind of more positive uh beneficial ways
1: yeah and it's like it's your brain so like you should have ma- the majority of the, th- the authority over yes. what you
0: do. You should it. feed it what you think is good and not just accept outside input uh, constantly.
1: <gasps> Where am I? This is the Great Hall of Judgment judgment
0: oh not to worry charlie you go to heaven all dogs go to heaven because unlike people dogs are naturally good and loyal and kind
1: huh yeah, that's true well uh i guess that's the end of our show so thank you michael for coming on and talking fakely
0: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's a real honor and a privilege. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, Anything you'd like to promote? Any way the fakers can follow you and keep up to date with your art or your horticulture? Um, Yeah. Well, uh, as far as the easiest place
0: to find me on the internet is Instagram. My name is Night Perch. Um, Like, in the dead of the night, a bird... Finds a lonely perch <laughs> okay, atop, yeah. atop a tree. Um, and uh, if you ever want to check out uh, my friend Doug and I have a little musical project called Bunk Bed Bros, uh, which is on Bandcamp and someday will be on Spotify
1: too. So. Yeah, and it's kind of, I at least have seen, in both of your artwork, and Bunk Bed Bros seem to at least dabble in some occult yes. imagery yeah. and ghosts. and
0: Yeah, so currently I am working on... Something I'm trying not to call a tarot deck, but is pretty much a tarot deck, uh, because I don't know anything about what a tarot deck actually is. So it is similar, because there's a series of cards, 13 characters, I write a little description of them, that are kind of trying to personify different forces and concepts Mm -hmm. of our reality. Okay. As far as could be gravity could be galac you know uh, galaxies spinning mm. or you know maybe more of a kind of emotional something or other so that's kind of what i'm working on i update more in the winter than i do in the summer cuz i'm stuck at home
1: more and i'm yes. drawing more
0: yeah. um but that's kind of what i'm working on
1: yeah and then bunk bed bros didn't you say is working on yeah, some new music yeah we as actually well?
0: have two albums in the mix right now they're both recorded uh, we just have to finish all the production as far as, you know, editing some stuff, mixing, mastering, all that. Um, one, which is about thoughts and feelings. So it's a little bit about science, a little bit about different emotions coming out in probably the next couple months. And then our longest album, as of yet, is coming out in January, and it's called In Space, No One Can Hear You Dream. And it's about outer space and sleep and dreams and all that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, I love it. Well, maybe we can feature a song of your guys, like, right now. Sounds good. To lead us out. Well, cool. Well, you can follow us. See, you hear here playing? Enjoy that. I, I, it's definitely playing. It's a bop. It's a bop. Oh, this is a bop. I'm definitely, I'm, I can hear it right now. Uh, but you can follow us on Instagram at Fake Ritual and, you know, send us a direct message if, even if you just want to be on the show or collaborate on something, you know, are we're, we're, we don't bite as they say. Uh, but Michael, now is the time for our send-off. Would you care to join me? And telling the fakers to go fake themselves? I would love to. Okay, we'll count it down. Three, two, one, go, go f- fake yourselves!